Today on the podcast, why Chris Ducker wants to manage 200 employees from his laptop, the most important trade in an entrepreneur, and what lifestyle design really boils down to. Let's get started. Lifestyle Business Podcast. I'm super excited. Chris and I have just been jabbing for hours now about business, but we need bears. <laughs> a lot of people, when they read the four hour work week, they start thinking about putting up a landing page and putting up an ebook and, and pajamas right. and a dog and the golf and everything. But you've taken a really interesting approach. You've said 12 months from now, or at the end of the year, I'm going to be in my role as CEO, but I'm not going to go to an office anymore. Right. I'm be a virtual CEO, which is a cool goal. But I want you to share with the audience the advantages of lifestyle design at scale. What's it like being a lifestyle designer with 200 employees? And what do you see as the advantages of going that route, the building route? Well, you know, first things first, I don't class myself as a lifestyle designer or guru or expert or anything like that at all. I am honest, and this is genuine, genuine, genuine. There's no BS here. I am just a guy that has been lucky uh, to a certain degree but extremely hard working over a period of three, four years has been able to build up a business to the point where, like you said, I've got almost 200 staff. By the end of 2010, I expected it to be more like 230, 240. And I'm just a guy, as a husband, and as a father, that does not want to have to spend not only every day in the office during the week, but 12, 14 hours a day where a lot of people would be spending that sort of time in an office. Right, right. Depending on how you want to shape your life, and I guess that is lifestyle design, I appreciate that. You're designing the lifestyle that you want to live, but I don't class myself as a lifestyle designer. I'm just a guy that is wanting to spend less time in the office, more quality time with my family, and as an entrepreneur, I want to be able to free up as much time as I can for my core business or businesses to be able to focus on other projects as well. Because that's what I really, I get a kick out of setting things up, getting things going, Growing it, testing it, failing, falling flat on my face, <laughs> getting my ass back up off the floor, and then going through it all over again until I get something that sticks. Right. And that, that's what really what turns me on about being an entrepreneur, is doing all those different things. You can't do that if you're focusing on one business only for 12 hours a day. Speaking of testing, can you scoop us on your experiment with virtual assistants? You told me earlier today that you hired a couple of virtual assistants. What's up with that? <clears throat> well, okay, here's the deal. <laughs> here's the deal. When I first started the company, we, we had a relatively small facility. There was only seven staff. Two of them were me and my wife. Right. So, you know, we got to the point where we wanted to scale, but we didn't have the money to spend for additional computers and office space and all the rest of it. So we actually hired a handful of, VA, of VAs, but they were doing a lot of stuff. They weren't just doing admin work. They were doing outbound calls, appointment setting, lead right. gen, and stuff like that. It became very apparent to me within two to three months or so that I didn't have enough control. Not that I'm a control freak, but I didn't have enough control over how they were working, the quality of the work they were doing. I couldn't spend time training or developing them properly. And so we ended up fundamentally just throwing the towel in with the whole thing and then bringing people internally. So we had to spend the extra money, which at that point we had, you know, we made a little income. So we spent the extra money to buy the extra computers and build the extra desks and chairs. And, right. and we brought people in and then slowly but surely, slowly but surely, it just developed and, and balloon. And obviously, once you get to a point where you're at sort of 40 or 50 employees, if they're all making you money, which obviously is the 
you know, the, the aim, regardless yeah. of how much they're making you, if they're all turning your profit, then you can start scaling up a lot easier without any major financial headaches. Right. And that's where we got to. But recently, I launched virtualbusinesslifestyle.com. You know, it's all about living a mobile lifestyle as a business owner. You mentioned my goal to be a virtual CEO by the end of the year. So that I kind of launched a site to document that. Right. That journey, month by month, and there's a monthly report tab right at the top of the site. We can click on it and see what I do every month. So I talk about how many people I've got working for me at that particular point. I talk about how many days I spent in the office that month, uh, how many new how many new clients I brought on board, whether I lost any clients. Right. Yeah, you know, it's real. It's not BS. I mean, it, yeah. it's about as transparent as you can be without putting your profit and loss statement on it. <laughs> yeah. I'm frankly a little nervous when I'm on your site because you just lay it all out there. You know, you let us see your business. All right. Uh, you know, I haven't made this step to do that uh, myself and I think it's, it's really admirable. For me, it was about, when I launched the site, it was about just giving people the real deal, like the opportunity to see, okay, so this is how he's going to go from Having a company with almost 200 employees in January to, I think it was about 170 in January, it's rose a little bit now, but having that that number of people to working every day in the office to, by the end of the year, not even having a desk. I mean, that's the deal. And I'll put it right out here again on the internet. I don't want a desk. Is that a marketing thing? No, or? it's true, man. It's full on. <laughs> what I, are you going to do? How are you... Okay, for the Tim, for my lifestyle designers, how are you going to fill the void? You know, when you're sitting in your, your you know, you play with the kids for a couple hours, you get right. bored of them, right. sitting on the couch with your laptop. Can't get bored of my kids. <laughs> He's obviously not a married man or a father, right? But no, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But, I mean, you, I mean, it goes back to what I was saying before. It's about being able to create more time to do more things and try more things out. What I, because of the virtual business lifestyle, blog, I started to get a lot of emails and the comments are actually starting to rise quite nicely now as well. It's only been online since the middle of January this year. Right. So it's still a baby blog, but we're doing okay. The traffic's building up and there's definitely readership there. People want to know about this stuff. That's, you know, that's obvious. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is that I've been getting a lot of inquiries about VAs, about virtual assistants, more yeah. than anything else. People are like, how do you work with them? How do you train them? How do you find them? Finding them you know, is tough. This sort of stuff, right? So I'm trying... So what I did... Airplanes, by the way, is the best answer. Come on over, yeah. I mean, that's, that's one way of doing that, I guess, right? Yeah, who would have thought, right? <laughs> Hopping on an airplane may help you do that. But, you know, the, the other thing is because of that, and because I hadn't worked with a virtual assistant for a long, long time, right. because all my staff were internal, they're right there in my building with me, I hired two virtual assistants last week. Don't ask me what I'm going to do with them. I honestly have... <laughs> I've got no idea what I'm going to do. Seriously. I hired these... Even my wife said to me, what the hell are you hiring virtual assistants for? We've got hundreds of people downstairs. What are you doing hiring VAs for? And I said, you know what? I want to test the whole thing out. You know, people are asking me. And I haven't haven't worked with a VA for so long. So I hired a couple. Now I've got it physically. I'm not joking. I just hired them Thursday last week. It's now Saturday. Right. So we only took like a couple days into it. And I have no idea what they're going to do. I haven't even thought about it yet. I just found them. I interviewed. To get those two people, I interviewed about 16 over Skype. Yeah, about 16. You're using a corporate account at Job Street to pull these people in? I think it was a combination of My Nemo. Yeah, My Nemo. That's a job board for the for Cebu, for the Cebu market. Got it. And then... That's uh, a hot tip. Yeah, MyNemo.com. You should check it out. Um, if you if, if if you particularly want VAs that are based in Cebu and Cebuanos are known for speaking slightly more 
of an Americanized accent. So um, if, if the voice-related part of your work with your VA is important, yeah. then look at Cebu. You can check out mynemo.com. Very cool. We'll link it down there. If you have any ideas as to what my VAs can do, let me know, and you guys as well. Lifestyle question. I, uh, I often reflect on why I'm drawn to Asia and why I want to be here more than I want to be in a place like California, which is beautiful and mm. it's, it's a really nice place. It is, you're right. But there's something about being here in Asia, and you've been here for a long time. Can you share with people, like, what's your life like in the Philippines? What is the appeal for you to being here? You know, what do you think the benefits you see from having set your whole life, you know, revolving your life around this country and this area of the world? Well, I think, you know, when I first came here, it was for work. So I came here originally for the experience of not working in the UK. And I'd, I'd also done consultancy work, like, in Kong and in the US, for instance. I spent a bit of time in San Francisco. Uh, Miami as well. So I'd done a little bit of traveling work-related, but I was kind of bored with the idea of uh, kind of wanting to have a base in London forever kind of thing. So, you know, the opportunity came along, I snapped it. But then once I got here, I just fell in love with the country. Right. I mean, just plain and simple. I'm very well-traveled. I've traveled. The only, you know, the only place I haven't really traveled to is Africa. And I don't really have any major you know, interest in going to Africa, to be very frank. Yeah. So, you know, the Philippines, what did it for me about the Philippines was the people. Interesting. That was what did it for me. They're very, you know, the hospitable nature. I've actually, and I'm not, I'm not lying now. I've actually, yeah, the rest of the time I've been lying. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bullshitting here. But honestly speaking, I have been around the Philippines. I've traveled quite extensively in the Philippines right the way up to the north, northern part of the country. We're talking 10 hours in a van up to the north, right? Where they have the Banawi rice terraces and all this sort of stuff. And I have been to people's houses that I have never met before in my life. And they have given me their bed for the night and slept on the floor. What is there not to fall in love with about people like that? Fascinating. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I mean, like, to the point of literally giving you their bed. They've not, and they met met you literally hours, just hours before. Right. Never met you or heard of you or, or seen you or known of you ever before, yet they're giving you their bed to sleep in because you're their guest from their home and they sleep on the floor. One final question. There's a, almost everybody reading this blog or listening to this podcast, they're looking to make changes. They're looking to take it to the next level in their lives, in their business. Mm -hmm. You're a guy who's done that a bunch of times over. Right. And, you know, you're a guy that a lot of us can look up to in terms of your business progress. You know, so people can have a moment of self-reflection. What is it that you see in people that are able to make those changes, that are able to make those leaps, that can pull in the revenue, that can build the businesses? What do people need to, you know, look at themselves and see if they've got that stock? What is it to you? I don't know whether you can actually look at yourself and see whether you can do it or not. I think it, it's a lot deeper than that. And I think really the only word that really describes it is passion. I think if you've got the passion within you to be able to get up off your ass and do something different and not follow the nine to five grind and not have someone that you call boss, you know, I mean, I, for me, I hated working for other people. I've always hated working for other people. It doesn't mean I did not respect my bosses. I always respected my bosses, some a little more than others, but I always respected them. And just like I've always respected my co-workers, but there was always something inside of me that says, man, screw this, you know, why the hell am I busting my balls here to make someone else a lot, loads of money? Why can't I do it for myself? 
Right. And that was really, <clears throat> I think that wake up call hit me in my late 20s. And I'm now broaching my late 30s. <laughs> and, and I think, <laughs> and I think that for me, that, that was, uh, that was the wake up call. I was like, I'm done making money for people. You know, I've got the passion inside of me. I know I can do it. I've got the smarts. Yeah. I've got the experience now. You know, I've traveled enough. I've been in front of enough, you know, boardroom tables. I, I can do business. I know I can do it. So screw it. I'm going to do it for myself. And I think it's not something that you can look at yourself and physically look in the mirror yeah. <laughs> and say, um, you know, can I do this? Do I have it? I think you know it already. You don't have to ask yourself that question. So it's the passion and the proactiveness and the productivity and I think really more than anything, and this is, you know, I just did a guest post for another blog actually where we talked about the highs and lows of being an entrepreneur. Like when you're doing well and the money's coming in and you can see things clicking and everything's great, you're on such a high, you feel so damn good. But then when something happens and that turns into a low, man, you get depressed. I mean, you really it, do. It's just, it, you know, they say that entrepreneurs are manic depressants. <laughs> I mean, six days a week, I feel like I'm on top of the world, and there's right. always that seventh day. Right. You know? Going through my books this week, it's tax season, and I'm just I'm right. confused, and I'm, it's, it's, you're just giving, 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 giving to everybody, and yeah. everybody's looking to you for what's, what are we going to do, and uh, yeah, you can hit a wall. Right? The, high, the highs and lows are there, man, but you know what? What do they say about Spider-Man? What, with, with, uh, with great powers become great responsibilities, or something like that, right? So, not that I'm, I'm going to confuse myself with Spider-Man at any point, but... The bottom line is that if you want to build that lifestyle for yourself where you don't have a boss and you are your own boss and you can do what you want to do when you want to do it, it ain't going to happen overnight. And it sure as hell ain't going to happen with the right support around you. So you have to rely on other people to a certain degree as well. And I think that's the other thing with entrepreneurs. A lot of them have problems just letting go. Yeah. Letting go of things. Like you mentioned talking about um, cutting out your email. You want to completely outsource your inbox. Yeah. Good luck. Good yeah. luck. I mean, I, I, I outsource probably, I outsource my PA checks, 70% of my email, but there are certain things I just want to let go of, and I'll be the first to admit that, <laughs> plain and simple. So we have those problems, you know, but I think lifestyle design-wise, to wrap it up, I think it's something that's inside of you. If you truly have it, you will know. You don't have to ask yourself that question, and you, you can get to the point, if you, you put your head down and you work hard, it ain't going to happen overnight, but if you want it to happen, it will do sooner or later. Absolutely. That's for sure. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Go there, get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on everything.